I am very excited about this morning's message. What I'm going to be talking about is expect the impossible, the incredible to happen. Amen. Expect the impossible, the incredible to happen. Amen. So I'm going to start us off with a language class this morning. It is a teaching class today. <laughs> and so those in the children's church or wherever you are in the baby room, make sure you get this message. It will change your life. Amen. And don't just put it in your car and do nothing with it. So let's put that title up. Expect the impossible, the incredible to happen. That's the title. It's nothing fancy. I just want to put a few words up because you're going to be going to a Greek class this morning. So we're, we're, we're teaching Greek and we're teaching English. Amen. How many people are already excited about Hebrew and Greek? <laughs> Don't be looking at me in that tone of voice. It can't be all preachy all the time. We have to go deep. So let's do Greek. The first word, the four words I want us to look into this morning. I'm very excited about this. The first one, um, please put that up there. It's called paradoxus. Paradoxus. You know the word paradox? What does paradox mean in the English language? Class time. Class time. Paradox. Something is a paradox. Oh, Jarvis was going to help us. Almost. You're not quite there? Okay, what's paradox? Were you telling me what paradox is? Do you? Okay. I need Ward Smith this morning. What is a paradox? It is contradictory. It's like, not really supposed to be like that, but it is. Amen? It's like, that's not the way that should shake out, but it is. And it's, even though it's right in front of you, um, you know mentally that that's not the way it should be, but you can't argue with the fact that it's right there in front of you. So it's a paradox. And that Greek word, paradoxos, that's where we get our English word, paradox. And I want you to look at it in Luke 5.26. So Luke chapter 5.26, you will see it there. Luke 5, 26 in the King James. And they were all amazed and they glorified God and were filled with fear, saying, we have seen what? Strange things today. Strange things is the Greek word paradox. That is something that should not be. It is strange. It is not the accepted opinion. It is something beyond your expectation Actually, a direct translation is, it's a miracle. Have you ever seen that before? Even non-believers tell you, this is nothing short of a miracle. I've seen it on TV. To almost total atheists. They don't believe in whether there is a God or not. And yet, they are dumbfounded, and it's like, whoa. And in this case... Um, in Luke 5.26, the people were amazed and they were shocked. And they had to say, we have seen strange things today. 
That's one word. The second word is thaumastos. Don't worry, it'd be all right. It's all coming together. Thaumastos. That word means something that causes wonder, a marvel. So I'm giving you four words that describe miracles or signs or wonders in the Bible, in the Greek New Testament. So in the New Testament, we all know that the New Testament was written in Greek originally. And then translators try their best to bring it into the English language. And King James is one of the oldest ones that we have. And so sometimes when you really want to go in, in depth, you go to King James. But if you really want to do what you need to do, you're going to do what I'm doing this morning. I'm taking you through a Greek class. Say, yay, I love Greek. <laughs> We're going to enjoy this. And you can't move me. I'm, I'm having too much fun. We're doing this Greek class this morning. Because <laughs> I'm saying, well, why Greek? Hour? Don't worry. It'll be all right. It's going to be all right. Mm -hmm. So thalmastos means something to marvel at, something wonderful, something strange and unusual. Something. So when you look at so I now went into the English dictionary. And marvel means something that causes wonder or astonishment. But then there's another part to it, something that stupefies you. That is, it puzzles you. You're bewildered. Look at the related words. Puzzlement, bewilderment, riddle, conundrum, mystification, cliffhanger. What's a cliffhanger? Come on. English on the edge. Mm -hmm. Cliffhanger, charade, enigma, twister. All those words move very close to thalmostos. That is, it is marvelous, but it's actually beyond. It's perplexing. It's, it happened. We know it happened, but the question is, how did it? So even though it's marvelous and it's, it's like, whoa, this is wonderful, um, we don't get it. And if you want to see this, this word is used in John 9.30. Stay with me, stay with me, stay with me. We're going somewhere good. John chapter 9, verse 30. Everybody say amen. amen. <laughs> it's a quiet Greek class this morning. Well, we're good. The man answered and said to them, why, this is a marvelous thing that you do not know where he is from. So this was the man who was 30-something years old, or 30 years old, and he had been blind from birth. And he got healed. Jesus was passing by. Jesus healed him. So when Jesus healed him, the Pharisees and everybody started to argue. No, it's not the same man. Yes, it's the same man. No, it's not the same man. Eventually, they called the man and said, are you the man? Man said, of course, you've seen me here. I've been lying here blind, begging for arms for the last at least 25 years. You know this is me. And he, he got really cheeky with the, with, with the Pharisees. And they were asking him stuff like, um, well, how do you know you're healed? Duh. <laughs> I can see. Well, what happened? What do you think happened? So he gets cheeky here and he says, why? This is a marvelous thing that you, even you Pharisees, you don't know where he is from. Because he was saying, do you think, he, they were asking him, do you think he's from heaven because he opened your eyes? And I was thinking, can you see 
But they were all perplexed. It's like, ah, we've seen him. We know him. We know, even if we were blindfolded and walking by him, we can smell him. This is the same guy. But he's been blind, and in, a, in an instant, suddenly his eyes are open. It's perplexing. We don't care. We, we don't get it. We don't know how it worked. How did it happen? No surgery, nothing. It's just like that. Jesus tends to do things just like that. And when he does this in your life, even you is called a jaw dropper. It's like, how many people would like to experience a jaw dropper? <laughs> Let's go to the third one, terrace, terrace. Now, this word is usually associated with another word, the last one we're going to look at. But the first one is, you know, when you see signs and wonders, this is the wonder part of it. There's another word for signs, and this is the wonder. This is the one where it's just miracles. It's different. It's something extraordinary, something that you can't forget. It's just in your face. It, you can't help notice that something unusual, something that blows the mind just happened. It's called terrace. I'm going to give you a quiz in a minute just to know if you're following terrace. So I hope you're getting this. <laughs> I'll start with the youth because I know they're very engaged. Zay, get ready, get ready, get ready. Mm -hmm. It's coming your way. Our question. <laughs> the last one is Samion. Samion. This is the one that really touches my heart. It's the one they call a sign. So you hear sign. If I hear wonders means it's so awesome, I can't forget it. I can't lose it out of my memory. If I live to be 100 years at terrace means I will always remember. That's terrace. So that's the wonder. But the sign is to indicate that the finger mark of God is in it. So when you see signs and wonders, it means this is unforgettable, but this is done by God. I experienced one like that in the last four weeks. And every time I wake up in the night, every way, I just, I, one, I can't forget. But the second thing is I, I know that this is the hand of God. Everyone involved in that situation had to take a step back. Everyone, government down, everyone had to take a step back and say, okay, all right. It is the hand of God. It is incredible. It's something you can't forget, but this Simeon means it's a sign. It's a sign that nobody else but God did this. And you find it in um, Mark 16, 20. It's a confirmation that God is there and God wants to get it done. That's Mark 16, 20. And they went forth and preached everywhere, the Lord walking with them and confirming the word with signs. That is indicating that I send them and behind them, you can't move them. He said it everywhere to Caesar, to Agrippa, to everybody. The hand of God is the unforgettable hand of God that the finger marks of God are all over this and you better recognize it. So four words. Let's go from the top now. 
There you start me off with paradoxus. What does that mean, paradoxus? No, no, what I said, what you got. What did you get? Okay, let's hear what I said. I could have given you a fist bump, but just get it, take it from me from here, okay? Fist bump, you got it, I'm proud of you. Let's go, next one. I have an adult help me with this. What is that? The masters, what does it mean? A marvel, a wonder, and what does it cost when people look at it? Okay, it's jaw-dropping, it's stupefying, and it can be explained. It's just perplexing. Okay, thank you. Let's go to the third one, Terrace. What does that mean? You can't forget. You know, if you live to be 100 years, you can't forget Terrace. It's just something that happens to you or you were there when it happened. Like, you see someone, something happened in this church. I'll take, that'll be like 13 years ago. It was right there in the um, fellowship hall. And a brother who was with us, they used to attend this church, and it was doing very well. All of a sudden, um, he just fell down, and he, he lost no heartbeat, nothing. 911 was called. They came, and they could not find a heartbeat for no reason. I still have that testimony. He gave that testimony. I have a slave audio testimony. And we just prayed and anointed with oil. And people were in the sanctuary, so they didn't know what was going on. So we prayed, anointed him. All of a sudden, his heart started to beat. I can't forget it. There's nothing. I can't forget it. It's a terrace. His wife was there, and a few key people were there. We had a lot of doctors in this congregation there. So they were there. They could verify it. And the EMT what do you call them, the EMT, they, they couldn't find it. He had flatlined. And yet, with prayer, all of a sudden, we were there. I, I can't forget. I cannot forget. That's a terrace. That's a wonder. I have quite a few wonders I could tell you about. But there's, which one goes well with wonder? So it's wonder sign. Oh, Go, next one. Simeon. Signs, what does that mean? It's the finger marks of God. That no matter, no matter what happens here, you will never forget that this was by the hand of God. You can't forget that. And he does it in such a peculiar way that no human can take credit. And he does it in such a way that he affirms whoever it is he wants to affirm. So, four words. So, I want to go back now. I want to start to tell you, I want you to start to expect paradoxes in your life. That is, expect miracles not yet seen. I forgot to give you four, a few more words for paradoxes. When you look at it in, in the Bible, it actually means new things. Miracles that have not been seen as of that time yet. Things that have just never happened before. 
So um, let me see which a good one that would show you that. Oh, yeah, we looked at it. We have seen strange things today that nobody's ever said. I want to expect that things that people said could not happen. But I want it. I believe God for it. I should expect. So I'm taking you away now from the norm and the statistics. You have to move away from the norm and the statistics to expect strange things to happen. Now, I'm not asking for demonic things because the devil can cause demonic activity and bring pain into your life. But I'm talking of expecting God to do strange things that people will think, huh? I don't believe that could happen to somebody like you. Oh, in fact, I don't believe. I didn't believe that could happen to anybody in particular. Expect new things and strange things that have never, no one has seen up until now. Do you know that you could never match God's ability to do new things? You think it's been seen before? He can come up with another version of it. There are many things that are new. God can come up with a twist to every single thing. You know how you think, oh, you got it. You hear the beginning of the miracle. You keep hearing, oh, I know where that is going. Oh, I, I know how that's going to land. And just 10 minutes or 10 seconds to the end of the story, the person is telling you, it's like, there's a twist. If you're a movie like, I won't say lover, because I used to be in that category, but I do like movies. If you're somebody like me, I hate movies where you know the you know you know how it's gonna end. I also hate movies that end on a, on a on a boring or uh, on a sad note. It's like no, don't give me that. You hyped it all up to this point now, and then the actor dies. How can an actor die in a movie? No, he's the actor. He's the main guy. He should survive it. I don't care if the whole building collapses on his head, he should come back and say, I'm back. Now, how that I'm back happens may be different. For every movie I'm expecting that, the screenwriter thought up something new. Because I don't want to watch the same movie, just different people acting the same story. That's God. He can put a twist. So strange, unusual thing. Expect marvelous Things to happen to you. Things you don't expect, you will never experience. That I know. But if you expect that, my case is different. Just feel like, yeah, nobody's gotten that before, but for me, my case is different. Why not? If God can do it. Expect unusual strange things. Expect things that will never leave your memory because of the magnitude of what God did. Things that if somebody woke you up, God forbid you should have dementia. But if you started losing a little bit of your memory, maybe you're about 110 now, and you know, and it's like, okay, do you want to go to heaven or you want to stay? And you decide to stay, so maybe you're losing it. This one must stay. Expect stuff like that, that... I can never forget. There are things like that. And it's not just you. Anyone who hears it, their ears must tingle because they've never heard a thing like that before and they will always remember. And finally, expect an affirmation of God by his finger. Expect God to affirm you 
with a sign. Amen. So, we've gone through four Greek words. My question is, why are these things perplexing? Tell me the five senses. Five senses. Five. Sight. Huh? Okay, sorry, let's go again. Sight. Hearing. Smell. Taste and touch. Everything your brain processes, I can talk to you as a doctor now. Everything your brain processes comes in through these five senses. You see it, you hear it, you smell it, you touch it, you taste it. If anything, and when it comes, when, when it comes into your brain, your brain starts to process how you know, it, it processes it, and it comes with a picture and puts it together. It comes with a composite picture and says, okay, that's the situation. This is how to respond to it. That's how your brain does. Every human is like that. So if for any reason anything happens that your brain cannot put in logical fashion, and put all the pieces of the puzzle together, get a picture, and respond to, it perplexes it, it confuses the mind immediately. So for example, when Jesus was told to come and see this little girl, a 12-year-old, and that 12-year-old was dead. This girl was dead. Okay, let's say maybe, maybe they missed the heartbeat. Let's leave that one alone. Let's go to Lazarus. You can't be deader than Lazarus was dead. I mean, he, Lazarus was really dead for how many days? Was it, he was there for how many days? When Jesus told them to roll away the stone, what did they tell him? He will be stinking. He would expect somebody. It's not like they put him in the morgue where everything is iced and so on. No. He was put in a regular in the Middle East, where everything is warm, hot, and put behind in a tomb, and a stone put in, on, on top of it. So when Jesus said, roll the stone away, they said, no, Lord, we don't want to do that. The guy will be stinking. He'll be decomposing as we speak. Jesus said, did I not tell you that, you know, if you see me, you know, and all that, they rolled the stone away. He called his name. He came out walking. He was still bound in his grave clothes. You can't forget that if you ever, ever saw that. And if you tell me you've seen that before, you're a liar. You know you're a liar because no one's seen it before and no one's seen it since then. Amen. Amen. But your human mind starts to put it together. This is not possible. This, your mind starts to a drumbeat. Impossible. Impossible, impossible, impossible. Dead, decomposed, bacteria, breaking the body down, smell, this, that, impossible. But that's a miracle. Amen. Expect a miracle. Okay, Jesus was dead. Everybody saw Joseph of Arimathea put him in this tomb. His disciples saw it, and in fact, on Sunday morning, which we call Easter or Resurrection Day, when they took all the spices to go, they didn't take the spices to go 
welcome Jesus back home, you know, like a cologne, Jesus, you're back here. You go, mm-mm. What did they take the spices to do? To go put spices on his body, as the Jews would do, to make him smell nice. So when they got there and there was no stone in front of the tomb, and they looked in, and there was no body lying in there, and the clothes were folded, the mind started to say, no, 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 wait a second, wait a second. Dead, we saw it, we put him in there, by now he should be decomposing, there should be at least bones and some maggots. Instead, they found angels there. And telling her, I know who you seek. He's not here. He's risen. The mind says, no, 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 no. Reason, when you die, you stay dead. But if you don't stay dead, then you throw the mind into confusion. Why? Because that's how the mind operates. It's outside of human experience. Now, let's go to Hebrews 11.1. 1. One of my favorite scriptures. When I used to read, I have a Bible, only one. I haven't changed it in years. Leather bound. There's only one page that is torn. It's Hebrews 11. That's the only page. It's torn. I've had it for over 15 years. And I'm saying to you now, no, actually I've had it for 10 because somebody gave me for a birthday. I won't forget. And that's because I read this passage so much. Now, faith is the substance of things hoped for. It's substance. I won't give you a Greek lesson on this one, but faith is substance. It is the evidence of things not seen. That is why somebody who lives by what they can see, what they can touch, what they can hear, you can't walk in faith because it will confuse your mind. Faith is talking, there is a different realm out there. There's another realm. There is a realm that you have not probably been in contact with too often. But do you know that you're a citizen of that realm? So, movie buff that I am, let me give you a confession. So here I was minding my own business, flipping through the channels. And then I saw something, John Carter. Anybody watch a movie called John Carter? I'm sure you haven't because it's a very odd one. And, you know, it was on Netflix, and I'm saying, John Carter. And then I read what is by and says, uh, somebody, two different worlds. So I said, I'm, I have to watch this movie. I won't tell you when I watch it, but I did watch that movie. And it was a guy who did not know that the planet Mars existed. So Mars, no, he knew it, was a, it existed. What he didn't know was that actually people lived there, the different kinds of people, but they lived there. And John Carter was from the planet Earth. I mean, when I finished watching this, I think, you know, this thing can be, it may be true, we don't. <laughs> that's a good, that's a good writer. If they can bring you from, not possible to, huh, maybe, it could be true. Well, I watched John Carter. And eventually, by the end of the movie, John Carter was no longer on planet Earth, was living on planet Mars as a citizen, married to their queen. It's a really cool romantic movie, too. So it checked all the boxes for me. Good movie. But I'll tell you the part that really, really caught my attention. 
somebody on earth, he was telling them about, he'd been there somehow. He had this stone, it's almost like a Star Wars movie, and he's telling me all about this. And, and they have, you know, all the strange creatures with four arms and all that. And I hate movies like that, but this one I watched. And there it was, and he's telling them, and they're telling him, you're crazy. No, it's not possible. Do you know that he eventually moved from Earth to Mars, and he lived there? For those who didn't believe it was there, that's their business, but it existed in that movie. Do you know that we have been contacted by God several times? In the Bible, if you read the Bible with a heart willing to believe, do you know if heaven is a planet, some people call heaven a planet, but do you know that we've had contacts? You're looking for aliens. You don't need to look UFOs. The Bible tells you there are aliens to this planet. Do you think Gabriel is a human? Help me out here, people. Is Gabriel a human? He is from heaven. We have a description of a fully different realm. You either believe it or not. There is a throne room. There are 24 elders. There is actually a city called the New Jerusalem. It has 12 um, pearls for gates. It has a street made of gold. This is not fantasy. God actually described it. But do you know what? We don't believe it. We're wondering, oh, are there angels? No, no, let's not go there. It's like, oh, I wonder if there are other people living in the universe. Yes! Gabriel, Michael, and the host. There are other, there's just different caters of, I can't call them angelic beings, they're creatures. The Bible describes them as, go to Ezekiel, you, there's, a, there's, a, there's a description. Fearful, fearsome description. These are not fantasy things to, your mind cannot, your mind cannot put it together, but they exist. Faith is the substance of things hopeful, the substance of spiritual things which you cannot touch, you can't feel, you can't smell, you can't hear, but guess what? It's right there. If I told you that Jesus is walking down the aisle of this church right now, and if you can release your faith, your body will be healed. You know what your mind is going to say? That's not true because I can't see Jesus. I can't hear him. I can't touch him. And I can't smell him. That's what your mind will say. And that the minute you accept that verdict, your faith stops in its tracks. But the things we're talking of strange and unusual is like something coming from another dimension into a dimension that we know. So a miracle happens when there is a power of God surging from the unseen realm into our realm and changes the normal course of nature. That is why without in vitro fertilization, Sarah could have a baby at age 90. And the Bible lets us know this was not, well, maybe she was still going to know. The Bible told her every part of her reproductive system was dead. But there was a surge. There was a surge of power 
from the throne room, which we have been told about, and it's described very vividly in the scriptures. Faith is a substance of believing that that throne room exists. When God says, I have given you everything that pertains to life and godliness, he says, I've already released this. So already, everything you need exists, but not in a realm where you can touch it. Faith believes that that thing exists, but in a different realm and in a different form. It's substance, but not the kind of substance you are used to. So please, can you put this up? I started reading. I, I, I'm also a news buff, so just telling you my stories here. April 8th, I read this. Go to that first, that, um, a new face of matter, that in the, in the slide deck. No, the other one, this one. This is a story I read Apple News, but actually comes from National Geographic. Um, tell me the three faces of matter. You have solid, liquid, and say it again. Okay, so I want to read this little thing. This is a teaching class this morning. You can tell that I'm giving a lecture, aren't I? <laughs> okay. But there's something I want us to do, and there's somewhere I'm going. So there's solid, liquid, gas, and then they've just discovered a fourth face of matter. While most of us learn about just three states of matter in elementary school, physicists have discovered several exotic varieties that can exist under extreme temperature and pressure conditions. Now, a team has used a type of artificial intelligence to confirm the existence of a bizarre new state of matter, one in which potassium atoms exhibit both uh, properties of both a solid and a liquid at the same time. It's both a solid and a liquid at the same time. It's a fourth face of matter. We didn't know this existed. Now, if someone had put it in the Bible and told you, oh, do you know that there is a fourth face of matter? What would people say? You're crazy. You're one of those faith people, crazy, crazy bunch. Well, these are not faith people. These are just scientists. That thing has always been. They just found, do you know how slow man is in catching up to what really exists? So if you think all you know is all that exists, you are sorely mistaken. I'm not going to read more than that. Let's go to the second slide, and I'll leave it there. This one really threw me off. This one I only read May 12th. So every day they're finding new things out. Some they bring out, some they want to test, prove over and over before they bring it out. This one says, a bizarre form of water may exist all over the universe. Recently, at the Laboratory for Laser Energetics in Brighton, New York, one of the world's most powerful lasers blasted a droplet of water, creating a shockwave that raised the water's pressure to millions of atmospheres and its temperature to thousands of degrees. Okay, extreme conditions. What they found out is this, that instead of the water vaporizing, 
it went into another state called superionic ice. That kind of state, it's a, you know, when you heat water, it should become gas, shouldn't it? Like vapor, steam. Isn't it always called steam? Huh? All right. This one, they heat it up and it became ice. But it's not just ice. It's a specific kind of ice. It is black ice and it feels hot. But it is ice. It's black, hot ice. And it weighs four times the normal. If you have ice that size, it weighs four times that, that particular size. Why am I bringing all these things that seem not to be relevant in church? It is to let you know that there is stuff, stuff out there. Never say never. Never say it can't happen to you. If God says your name, maybe your name was David before, and God walks up to you and says, hey, Mark, guess what? From that day onward, you are Mark. Don't you be dilly-dallying on whether God's word is true. When God speaks a word, that thing automatically exists. It's not a matter of, well, God is still working on it. No, it exists, just not in a way that your mind can comprehend it. What you want to do as a child of God and a child of the kingdom is to now get up and believe that that thing exists. Faith is the substance of things you hope for, and it is the evidence of things not seen. Sight is one of the senses. So the fact that you did not see it does not mean it's not there. Are you with me? That is why I can boldly expect the unusual. I can expect things to move from this dimension into my dimension. Now, when people see it, number one, they don't understand the curtain through which that thing passes through. It's like a sci-fi movie, really. It's like you're stepping from a realm where no one can see you, and you're stepping into a realm where people can see you, and yet we can't see it. It happened. The Bible records that Jesus walked through walls. He was outside, and the next minute, he was in the room. How did he do it? There is something that we don't yet know as humans. His body had a composition that could pass through walls. The human mind cannot, cannot comprehend it. But it happened. The question is, do you believe it? God says to you, I have sent my word and you are healed. As far as God is concerned, he's not coming back to that. It's done. You get up and say, I am healed, regardless of what you see. Because now you are operating in a dimension that nobody else can see. And somebody says, sister, how is that headache? Oh, I have been healed. 
Your head is still pounding. But what you are wanting to do now is that you are translating what is reality in another realm into the realm here. That's why I'm expecting incredible things to happen to me. I'm expecting the impossible to happen to me. I'm expecting that whatever I lay my hands upon to do must prosper. I'm expecting that when I give a tithe, supernatural heavens open. I am expecting that there is angelic activity on my behalf. I'm expecting that when I have an assignment at work, I'm not doing it all by myself. I am expecting that angels are visiting my resistors and saying to them, you better walk with her. I'm expecting unusual things in the courtroom. I am expecting stuff. Expect that he is your doctor. He is Jehovah Rapha, the Lord who mends you. He sends his word and he healed them. He's not going back to check if they are healed. They're healed. Expect the incredible. The just shall live by faith. Being able to believe the unseen, that it exists and it will happen to you. Expect. A few more scriptures and we end. 2 Corinthians 4.18. As a child of God, this is where you're supposed to keep your focus. 4.18, while we look not at the things which are seen, that is, you do not pay attention to the things that are coming through the five senses as though that were the final judgment. While we look not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen, for the things which you can see are in a state of matter that can change any time. That cancer can dissolve right there. I've had so many stories. People get into a healing line. They have a tumor this big. Everybody in the church can see it. They lay hands on them, pray over them. It dissolves right there. These are not stories. You know, fables, Aesop's fables. I don't know if you read it growing up. Goldilocks and the Three Bears. Um... Give me another name of a story. A, a little Red Riding Hood. Which other ones? Babe? Three Little Pig. Oh, I like that one. And he huffed and he puffed and he blew the house away. These things I'm telling you don't fall in that category. These are real. And you need to get up in your spirit and say if that truly exists, I don't want to operate in any other zone. I want the incredible. So why will look not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen? I focus on the realm where God lives, where angels move. Things which are seen are temporal, that is, they can easily disappear. They can change form. Today now we're finding that water can exist in solid, and at the same time, it's like, seriously? So we went to school for nothing. Because if I had said that when I was in elementary school, I would have failed. They told how many faces of matter I would have said four, and they'll say, you are crazy. I've been teaching you for the last three months, and that's all you can come up with this exam. Failed F, or no, E for effort. But you know what? 
Now, this is 30-something years later, and that's the truth. It actually exists in four states. Because things that are seen are temporal. You only know what you know as a human. Scientists are so far behind God. That's why he's the only wise God. And he's, God is just dribbling little things to them. Okay, it's time for you to know a little bit of this. Okay, he opens the curtains back and they see a little bit more. That's the God we serve. He's awesome. You can't match him. So 2 Corinthians 5, 7 is the last scripture. For we walk by faith, not by sight. Actually, sorry, Hebrews 11.27 is the last scripture. This was Moses. By faith he forsook Egypt, not fearing the wrath of the king, for he endured as seeing him who is invisible. Moses was able to see the invisible. This is not spooky business where you are sleeping at night and and something comes on your bed and it's uh uh-uh. It's none of that spooky business. It is a deliberate plan to believe God. That when you see it in the word, it is so. We don't argue it. We just say, yeah, it is. Let it be unto me according to your word. We don't go back and forth. Oh, you speak in tongues, tongues, is a, and you start arguing, tongues. Well, you tell me, move beyond that. You can't, you, you know what? You cannot prove these things by scientific facts. So if you are still in that process, then you will not experience what I'm talking about. But we will see the invisible. I apologize. I want us to read this together. John 20, 24 to 29. And I come back to this. I'm going to be focusing on Elisha. That's the guy who did stuff that, till today, if you read it, it just causes your ears to, it's like, what? Like, for example, there was war in their land. Elisha was dead, long dead in his tomb. They were carrying a dead man. People were running from the enemy. And when they saw they couldn't outrun the enemy, they threw the dead man's body, they just threw it in Elisha's tomb. The dead body hits Elisha's bones. The dead man comes back alive and walks out of the tomb. Elisha's bones brings back to life somebody who was thoroughly dead and they were going to bury him. If you look at Elisha, go study Elisha. Miracles that will cause your ears. He throws a stick in water and Iron floats all the way to the top. There is no physics law that can explain that. But it happened. So we'll talk about him. But John 20, 24, this is where we want to end. And I, and I do say this is where we're going to end. But one of the 12, Thomas, called twin, was not with them. Let's read it in HCSB. Was not with them. When Jesus came, so Jesus had died and he came and visited the the disciples. But when he came, Thomas was not there. So, but one of the 12, Thomas was not with them when Jesus came. So the other disciples kept telling him, we have seen the Lord. But he said to them, if I don't see the mark of the nails in his hands, put my finger into the mark of the nails and put my hand. See, look at all the things he has determined. 
that until I see, five senses, tell me now, sight, I have to, what did he say? Touch. Then, of course, he has to smell. Maybe it's really Jesus. He says, if I don't see this, I will never believe. There is a never there. Never say never. After eight days, his disciples were indoors again, and Thomas was with them. Even those, watch now, as I'm telling you, there's another composition of a body here. Even though the doors were locked, Jesus comes and stands among them, and he said, before you fall out and cut out and everything, peace, peace is me. Don't, don't die here, it's me. Peace, don't freak out, don't, you know. Peace to you, verse 27. Then he said to Thomas, Jesus was not there when they were telling, when Thomas was telling them, unless I touch this, and he walks right up to Thomas and he says to him, okay, put your finger here, observe my hands, reach out your hand and put it in my side. And he says, don't be an unbeliever, but a believer. Do you know there are many Christians that are unbelievers, even though we call ourselves believers? Because we have put landmarks and things that unless we see or hear or do, we will not believe. And you shall change yourself of the supernatural power of God. He says, and then Thomas responded to him, my Lord and my God. He said, don't, don't give me that Lord and God business. You didn't see me, you didn't believe. Now you believe. Jesus said, because you have seen me, you have believed. Those who believe without seeing are blessed. 29 in the King James says, Thomas, because thou hast seen me, thou hast believed. Blessed are they who have not seen and yet have believed. Let's stand to our feet this afternoon. I know that took a little long, but it's foundation because I want you to start to see differently. I want you to start to think differently. If there's nothing you remember today, I want you to remember that God lives in a dimension different from what we can see or think. And whatever he says, it's true. And even if today is Thursday, God says it's Friday, it changes right then to Friday. His word is law in the universe. Whatever he says goes. If he says your life is turning around today, don't argue the fact. Accept it, receive it, run with it, and expect it. Expect the impossible to happen to you. Expect the incredible to happen to you.